We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by SRM. Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent property management. Replace good tenants and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. True, we got true. We got big truths. We got the big truths of small business. Travis sponsored by Yes, I rent. Yeah, baby. Wow, live. By the way, a live rec- a live recording. That's not a thing. Live recording. Today is podcast two of cognic, Cognitive Biases. Oh, yeah. And the first thing I want to know from Joseph Watkins, we've talked about a bunch of biases now. So we're just picking up where we left off. Joe, what is your favorite cognitive bias? Uh, mm, I believe... I don't remember the name of it, Travis. Because just give me the example of it. Give me an example. The, of it. I'll name it. I just think you the, give the you quiz me. Can I say the most powerful mm. cognitive bias that I encounter mm. is the one, whatever it's called, the one where you're trying to confirm your already belief or conviction. Is that anchoring? Anchoring, you've you've c- can be anchoring. But there was another name for it last week. Anchoring is uh, where it may not be my belief, but I have been presented something that's anchored. Anchoring is more what like marketers do to us, right? They do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is. I want something to be true because I believe it. Therefore, I'm going to look for the proof to to, to back uh, my belief. Yeah. What is that called? There's a definite name for that one, but that's that's a good one. Yep, that's a good one. I kind of like the I, I kind of like the one where I've already put all the work in. And because I've already done all the work, this thing has to succeed. So I'm willing to make every bit of information I receive or any data that I receive work out to try to make this thing succeed because I've already bled for it. That's my favorite. I say it's my favorite one. It's the one that I get involved well, that's, with. That's sort most. of uh, that's sort of what we the same thing. It's it's you've same world. you're pot committed already. You've com- you've pot, pot committed. committed. That's a gambling you're, you're, reference. You're, you you are in a in a in a uh, a, a Texas Hold'em tournament. Wow. You're in a you're in a thing with eight guys at the table, and you you have put so much money in that pot. When was the last Texas you know, Hold'em tournament you were involved? Eh, in? I mean, it's been a little while. It's been I'm, not, a while. I'm not very good at it. So so you've you believe you had the the best hand early. You go in, you realize that there's others in. You keep putting that money, and you're going deep. And then you you know you know by the the turn that you don't have this, but but by goodness you're gonna keep you're putting, all in yeah you're all in you're gonna keep putting money in your pot committed. Um, am I gonna give up what I've already put in, um, with some false belief? We we create some false belief that maybe this can turn around. The five percent chance I can win that pot, I'm gonna go ahead and keep doing it because I'm mm. pot committed. That that that's that's dangerous, and we do that we do that every day. You know anybody that's ever done that in real estate? Real estate trends oh, out here. You ever seen anybody maybe maybe trying to sell a house that's pot committed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're tied to their belief of value, and the belief of value is uh, it anchors them as well. They looked at it three months ago, four or five months ago, and they were anchored to this, uh, and they're pot committed with their money and everything they've done on this value. And and the reality is it's not the value anymore. 
there's a story behind all that at some point, right? There, there's an emotional connection to the value, right? It has to be true. Yes. We need it to be true. Yes. But it's not true. Yes. All right. Well, that's, uh, I wanted to know, we've talked about biases. So uh, today we're going to get into, so I've been reading again, right? I, reading? I say reading. I've been listening to a book on tape. Right. Okay. And so this book on tape um, talks about two different types of thinking, right? You've got level one and you've got level two thinking here. What's level one thinking? That's what we're going to focus. Level one thinking is intuition. My gut. You know, my gut tells me that the Falcons are going to win the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, I bought season tickets, you know. I mean, I've already scheduled the dates, right? But my gut tells me they're going to win, right? So that's, that's my intuition. Facts? You want me to give you facts around well, that? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I, wait, wait, I can't wait. do it. I, I, don't, I don't think that's intuition. You don't think it's intuition? No. I, I, I think that is, is the previous bias. That, that, that's, that's, well, no, 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 no. That's the, doubling the, down no, no, on no, what no. you want to be true. It's not. The, the reason I bought the tickets is my intuition told me they were going to win, and then I bought the tickets. Yeah, but you're right? pot committed once you bought the tickets. Yeah, but I, I did it because of my, my gut tells me this is the year. This is it. Right? It's my intuition. Level one uh, well, thinking well, is the difference. What, what, what I'm saying is there's no data to support that, right? There's just my gut feeling about the upcoming season for whatever reason. Right. Level two thinking would be more along the lines of, uh, hey, I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, and we just, got, we just got Tom Brady, right? So I got Tom Brady. I got uh, Gronkowski has followed Tom Brady. And, man, I got a pretty good defense. So I'm giving you reasons why I think they're going. That's level two thinking. So we got level one thinking. My gut tells me this. I just met this person. My gut tells me this. Level two thinking is, hey, I've got some details around that. Okay? So that's kind of the premise for the show. And speaking of the show, we have today a guest with us. We have Michelle Stansfield. Stanfield. Stanfield. Not fields. Field. Michelle, thank you for being on the Big Truths of Small Business podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Michelle is... Uh, she's interviewing. She's interviewing. To be today. a show producer? Just the truth. Uh, <laughs> I was going to introduce her as a licensed real estate agent in the state of Georgia. That's Which is a pretty fact. daggum impressive thing. That, that is a fact. But, 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 but the truth is... There's only 600,000 licensed agents, Michelle. Only? Only 600,000 in Georgia. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. <laughs> Michelle, I don't really know. I have no idea. There might be 6,000. I don't know. Yeah. So what's Michelle, she interviewing for? Well, Jay? I mean, so we've got a, uh, potentially new podcast. I don't think we should talk about it yet today. Oh, you're teasing. But, yeah. We've got a podcast that's going to revolutionize the way you buy and sell homes. Pretty much is off market. And uh, that's coming up. Investor specials. And Michelle is uh, interviewing live on the podcast for producing wow. this show. This just got a little tense. Yeah. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. All right. so, I'm, I'm, so let's go back to your level one, level two. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you. Are you still not understanding? I'm level not sure one, you. I'm not sure you. To, to the audience, I'm not sure you really 
clarify. Are you the on. audience here? Are you are you not sure what level one and two is? Level <sighs> one is absent of material facts and what you believe to be true. Whoa, 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 whoa. So this is where I'm going to challenge you a little bit. You're, you're not. You're not challenging me. You're challenging a a a, uh, a prize winning. You're dang right. I am. You're dang right. Go ahead, challenge. Okay, you're dang right. I am. Because if you're going to equate level one to in- intuition, are you telling me that intuition is is not present of any data? I absolutely disagree with that. No. Intuition is a- absolutely present. That's of exactly data. what we're going to discuss. It's present of data. Yeah. There's data there. Yeah. That may not be crunched in a math formula, but there's data there. But you have to ask yourself what the data is, if it's factual or if it's perception of what you believe to be factual. Because a lot of us, our intuition, we often follow it. And it's right because I, I see the point you're making. You make it based on data, but is it a perception of what you believe? Would your intuition tell you to stay away from a hot okay, okay. stove? No, that would be facts. Why? Have you ever touched one and burned the hell out of yourself? Uh, yeah, I have. What if you haven't burned yourself as, a, as an adult? What if I hadn't burned myself? What if you've never burned yourself? I still never know known anybody I'm... who's burned themselves. But there's some intuition. Let, 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 let me reframe a little yeah. bit, because we, we could definitely spend an hour here all with right, Joe. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> automatic. <laughs> automatic thinking. Automatic thinking. All right. Let's think of it in those terms. Okay. So, it, so well, that's that is in fact what intuition is. I'm just redefining. I'm I'm putting it on the bottom shelf right now, so you so you can kind of grasp and engage, and we can move forward. So it's it's your snap judgment. Okay. You haven't put any thought behind. It. There are reasons why you have the snap judgment. I admit, but that's what we're talking about. The snap judgment. Okay. You with me? Can we move forward? I'm fifty percent there, <laughs> but I'm, let's keep going. Okay, let's you can going. convince me otherwise. Let's, let's at least keep going. All right. I'll right. give you a scenario. Can you? Okay. Why the heck are you talking about this stuff, Travis? What are we doing I love here? this stuff. This stuff matters to small business. Why don't you this, make it this fun is, to these people? This is the poison that we take as a small business owner, is we use our intuition to guide our small business. Where does our small business end up? It ends up on a spreadsheet. It ends up far away from intuition. It ends up as a paycheck or no paycheck based on intuition. Or emotion. Or emotion. Right? So that's why we're talking about it. Okay? So let's get into it. Let's get into a small business situation. How about that? Let's do that. All right. So here's the small business situation. Boring me. Interestingly enough, Michelle, (laughs) this scenario involves an interview. Okay? Hmm. So... You you ready? Yeah. Do you know anything about interviewing? No, 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 no. nothing about. <laughs> All right, okay. All right. So, interview interview uh, starts. Okay, and and the job is for whatever. We're hiring an IT professional, right? Okay, so uh, guy comes in, uh, sits down. Resume is this guy graduated from MIT, right? Uh, pretty prestigious school. Did an internship, a pretty high level internship. In fact, uh, the interview questions uh, pretty pretty well spoken, right? Like we're we're hearing real solid answers to tough IT type questions. Yet at some point during the interview, we get kind of a bad feeling about this this guy. It's if you read the transcript of the interview, you wouldn't see it, but sitting in the room, you 
you you feel Feeling. something's off about this guy, okay? So so basically, uh, he graduated 4.0 MIT, had the great internship, answered all the questions, took the test, the IT test that we gave him. You know, he solved it. He scored he scored a perfect score on it. Yet there was a problem. There was something going on intuitively during the interview. Do you hire him, or do you let intuition rule? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow intuition to be a part of the decision without any question. I'm gonna mix level one, level two, Travis. No question. How? How or why? How? I mean, we're we're listening, Joe. How? Well, this now, this is the scenario. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm gonna redefine. I, I've never looked up the definition of intuition, so I'm gonna give you my interpretation please, of intuition. Please do. Can we operate on that? Okay. I mean, if it's legitimate, we can. If not, I guess we'll have to, well, I mean, we'll have to fight about it a little bit, but go ahead. Well, and so, you know, intuition is, is a bias, as we've, we're talking about cognitive biases. It's a bias that's created, can be created out of all kinds of things. It can be created out of experience. It can be created out of um, challenges. It can be created out of, uh, really all types of things in your life. It also can be cre created emotionally. We, we get this. Um, so here's the deal. When you're, when you're going to be successful in business, and I'm going to hire someone. Part of what makes that work is there has to be, especially in a small business, especially, and again, we've talked about this before, small businesses under 500 employees, but we'll, probably what we're mainly talking about is a much smaller business where it's, you know, less than 50 employees. And so when you hire someone, the, the connection that you have or don't have with someone can have an impact on their success. I mean, on, on paper, they look great, Travis. They check all your boxes. Uh, we had interviews recently with folks that, that were great on paper. Well, but, see, and, and but, so I'm listening to you, and I feel like you did the opposite during the interviews. No, 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 no. No, I think you did. No, absolutely not. Yeah, you absolutely did. Oh, absolutely so here, not. So everybody listening, here's my buddy. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 I, no, I got to stop. Be, be no, careful. No, be I careful. Guess, I, I'm careful, but I'm going to give the truth. This is the truth. This is not. They uh, want the truth. Give them okay. the truth. Give them the truth. Millions are not listening to get your version. I, I want to give what actually happened. So what happens during an interview, Michelle, you might be interested in this. <laughs> Michelle, you're on an interview. I know. Michelle, I, I need to be prepared, so I'll take whatever you can give me. Michelle, so here, here's here's Joe's version. And this, and I, I would say that I'm trying to pat him on the back. He's not accepting it from me. But I'm trying to pat him on the back a little bit here because here's what I know about Joe and interviewing somebody, and there's something off, but you can't put your finger on it. And this is what I would suggest to people listening who are interviewing people. Call it out. What 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 my buddy, what my partner would actually do outside all that junk. I don't even remember what he said. By the outside way, I'm, all that. Here's what he would actually do. He'd go, Michelle. Why do I get this feeling about you that you're going to be late to work, or you're gonna you're, you're taking this job for some other reason, or whatever that intuition is telling him joe would actually verbalize that and make you respond to it I where, I th where i think most people would kind of just go i'm uncomfortable and this is uncomfortable and i want to get away from it end it yeah no you're right so but i get a lot of great data out of what the questions generated from what my intuition michelle mm -hmm. 
I, I learn a deeper understanding of who I'm in front of. And instead of the canned, you know, questions and canned answers, I'm getting the uncanned. I'm getting the, huh? Did he ask me that? Did he, did he ask me if I'm in debt? <laughs> There's and, you're, no, and you're my accountant? Yeah. yeah. Well, I interviewed with you. I you did. I interviewed with you back in December, and it turned into, what, three hours? <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Sounds about right. It, yeah, 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 it does. Did he, it, did he play any music? <laughs> It is very often part well, of it. Yeah, you may you did, actually. Not on the guitar, but you did play music. But, I mean, you talked a lot about you and your life and your story and your business and what it meant to you and asked me pointed questions about that. And that's how you got to know me. It's not always just this sheet of standardized questions. Are you back, saying it's intuition, Michelle? It comes back to trust, too. <laughs> well, so so let's play the other side. What What have I screwed up during interviews in the past with people? People come in and I need something. I mean, this is very mm, much You a want something to be true. I need something to be you true. You want it to be true, Travis. I need them to be highly motivated, wanting to work hard, really wanting that job, super interested in what they're doing. And I'll just kind of, my interviews are probably about a tenth of the version of what we've done here at, at, uh, at the new company. I mean, for that very reason. I, I need that person to be who I want them to be. I kind of don't want to hear them tell me they're not. And that, that's been a problem in the past. So lengthy interviews, I think, are a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, getting to know each other a little bit, that's a pretty good thing. And then asking some disarming questions. I mean, this is kind of the Joe deal, right? This is what everybody knows Joe for is, uh, hey, are you in debt? <laughs> like even that question right there. Well, how'd you get there? Why? You know, the more, uh, I mean, look, this is what we're going to talk about, but as far as interviewing and small businesses go, every hire is like hiring a hundred people at a large company. Would you agree with that, Joe? I mean, every hire, you you hire one person in a small business, it's like hiring a hundred people if you worked at Amazon. Oh, yeah. It's as a percentage of your company. As far as what could, could, could happen. Well, I mean, if, if I've got, you know, eight employees and I hire one, that's, yeah. you know, more than 10% of my workforce. So the wrong decision can, can be crushing. It's that much more important. Well, in, in, in the it's me- like, it's like Google hiring a thousand people at one time. Well, the, the, the message here is don't let your biases enter, you know, come to that interview process. Cause they will. Wait, Dan, the man would say, wait a minute now. What would Dan say? Dan would say biases are good. Also, Travis, Michelle, why are biases good? In a sense, they could protect you. Oh, protect your bottom line. Ching, ching, but ching. But you have to, you have to know what that bottom line is. You have to know where that proverbial line in the sand is of what's okay in your business and what's not. What you're looking for exactly. and what you're not looking for. So, so, what I would be clear in case Dan is listening today, since he called me out on the last podcast, the first thing out of Dan's mouth was Travis was wrong. What I would be clear about <laughs> is what I'm saying is you need to know your biases. Can we agree on that? Can I get an amen? Amen. You've got to know your biases yeah, going into the interview. I think that's what we're talking about here with the big truths is is we don't none of us have all the answers, but if we can if we can dig deep to, to search the truth in us, mm-hmm. then we have a little better understanding of, of how to get, you know, get where we're trying to go. But if we're lying to ourselves about about our own truths, and, and that frankly is what happens in a lot of ultra small businesses, the, the ones that are less than 10 employees. There's a lot of lying to ourselves about right. who we are, 
what we're capable of, what our strengths and weaknesses are. This this stuff has to be exposed. Well, there's another version here in talking about hiring people with small businesses that create a bias that may not have existed is when do you hire somebody, right? I mean, when do most small businesses end up throwing their hands up in the air and going, all right, well, I have to hire somebody. I've got too much work. I mean, to, to me, from what late. I've seen, it's way too late, it's too late, which creates massive bias, right? Well, it creates a desperation, yeah. desperation hire. Um, you want to be more strategic than when you do it on on the front end. When you do it, you're preparing for the need versus the need is just hitting you in the face every day. Got to have somebody tomorrow. Well, if I've got to have somebody tomorrow, whoever I'm interviewing today has got a pretty good shot at the job, yep. even if they're not Mr. or Mrs. Wright. So, all right. Well, moving forward. Travis, do you want to expose yeah, a little bit of some yeah. of your experience around all this and the one-man <laughs> band? Around the hiring version? Just the one-man band. Let's get deep. Can, you, Joe, before you, I do that. You're can, very surface right now. Before before we do that, you've had a few criticisms. Let's get off the surface. Well, well here, here's the thing. Let's you, get out of the you, surface. You've already had a few criticisms tonight well, of me. I know. Let's get off the so surface. So I want to say you've brought nothing at this point. I just want you to know <laughs> that at this point, I, you're supposed to be talent, and I'm hearing a big nothing. We, we, I, I mean, I feel like there's been zero contribution. I'm trying to get us out of a nothing burger. Zero contribution. We we need to, to, to break the crap and get to the truth. And I think it starts with, you know, deep. I've made some pretty good hires. Deep inside. The truth truth is, as I look back, I've made made some pretty good hires. And, uh, you know, I never forget, I was working at a mortgage company one time, and I needed needed an assistant. Mm Because, frankly, I was... Hey, frankly, I was blowing it up, Jeff. Frankly, I was killing it, right? Crushing it. Everybody knew it. It's time to hire Travis an assistant. This big, big mortgage company hired me an assistant. Well, they didn't hire me an assistant. They gave me somebody else's assistant that had just been fired. Ooh. Oh. Right? So, and then I'll never forget my current sell, my sales manager got on the line and sold me how good this girl was. What was my, what was my bias in that scenario? I want to make my sales manager happy. Well, that's awesome. I knew she was horrible. I knew she was horrible. I knew he was setting me up. I needed to please him. So instead of holding my ground, and now let me tell you something, that girl, that that particular hire, nightmare. I'm talking blow my business up. So don't hire, don't hire your customer. Okay. So if you got a customer, let's get, let's small get business world let's get, let's out there real. and your customer is a pretty big customer and they got a kid and that kid needs a job, man, be careful. Let's you're, get, let's you're get bringing real. a massive bias into no, that. Let's scenario. get real small business owner. We all do this. Let's expose it right now. You know, someone, you know, someone that, that you like, that has some abilities. They've demonstrated some abilities, whether it be uh, abilities in you know some hobby they have or some previous uh, work. Um, but 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 for the most part, you like them because they're just they're good people. You're they're they're your friend. And then you have a need, Travis, a desperate need. That need has entered entered your world. Because of lack of planning, 
And what do we all do when we are faced with an emergent situation? We look at what we already know to solve the problem. And that friend is accessible, available. And you take that friend who has done nothing in their life but wait tables. Nothing and wrong with waiting tables. Not, not at all. But you've, you've, you've turned them into a chemical engineer. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I need, I've turned them into a chemical yeah, engineer. I need you to create my next website, run it, operate it, and tell me, by the way, in my accounting, what's wrong in my accounting. And this guy's only waited tables. But because you trust him, your trust has usurped all understanding of, of, of your need and ability for abilities. And you've superimposed it onto your need. And, and this is what we do. So we hire someone who is completely not capable of the job based on our own biases. What are those biases? I like them. It's easy. I'm comfortable. Trust is already created. You're hired. Failure, failure, failure happens often. Sometimes we get it right. Most time we get it wrong. We've talked about this. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with this, um, this, this bias that's out there that's associated with a revenue stream and making decisions, what I would call, I got a buddy that would call these decisions poverty mentality. Mm. So, you know, you've got, um, you know, I'm, I'm manufacturing, I don't know, you call it whatever, widgets. And this guy's buying a bunch of widgets from me. And he wants to put pressure on me to hire somebody that's a, a friend or a relative, right? I say widgets. Let's just go ahead and, and go with what I know and what I've seen over the years in the industry I'm in. Let's talk about builders. You want to talk about builders, Joe? You want to talk about what we know about listing agents of new construction properties and, for the most part, who those listing agents are. Now, not universally, but I'm going to tell you there's two, there's two things out there in the marketplace of new construction. Michelle, you're a licensed real estate agent, right? So, Can I ask Michelle a couple questions before you get started? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead, Michelle. Just part of the interview process. Sure. Michelle, <laughs> if you're a listing agent for new construction, what advantages do you already have? What advantages do I have? Mm-hmm. If you're listing new construction. Oh, uh, Michelle, now you're there. Michelle. Oh, hey, you, Michelle. There Welcome to the show, Michelle. <laughs> wow. Thank, She's back. Hey, hey, Joe, way to go on the production side. Well, All right, go ahead, Michelle. <laughs> now that we can hear Michelle. All right. All right. <laughs> what advantages do you have as a, as a uh, listing agent for new construction? The inventory in of itself. Okay. Brand new turnkey properties. Mm-hmm. That's what people are looking for. Mm. Those are the key terms. That That's I a hear. home run. Did she get that that quickly? Pretty pretty good stuff. I mean, it's true though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So I mean, you can hardly get a better product, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's huge. And. The inventory continues to come. Okay, good. All right, keep going. Try well, a few things. I mean, the old word is nepotism, right? right? You know, you got your daughter or your daughter-in-law or your son, son-in-law, and he's sitting out there in the subdivision. They didn't really earn these listings. And when I mean earn listings, they didn't do a present. You know, they didn't sort of sell the builder on why I'm going to sell more of your properties quicker, right? Um, they were sort of handed 100 homes in a subdivision to sell. 
uh, I would tell you as a buyer, that's a likely a different experience dealing with that scenario versus the kind of the top agent scenario that comes in and sells them, Absolutely. right? And I would tell you at the end of the day, now we've been in a boom real estate market, which I don't know where we're at right now as far as new construction goes, but for the most part, the builder could make that decision because of what you said. He's got new inventory, he's got the new house, he's got the updated stainless steel and the countertops and kind of anybody can sell it in his mind. Um, which I don't know has ever been true, frankly. Even in a good market, I think those guys are hurting themselves by making those decisions. But, uh, but anyway, that's the one that I've seen a lot that's kind of shocking that has big numbers and big uh, repercussions behind it. Um, you walk in model homes, and I can tell you there's a massive difference between the uh, you know the build. And now look, not that there's not exceptions to all this, but I'm telling you, as the rule, if you got those listings because you know somebody, versus got those listings because you were chosen through an interview process. It's a different experience. Well, I mean, you know, let's, 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 again, I'm level one, level two mixed all the way here. Yeah, but it's earning and deserving. Relationship and matters. Yeah. Matter. So if, 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 if you think you're the trust, top, if you think you're the top agent, but you're, you're not out there creating, you know, trusting relationships because that matters. A builder's got to, got to believe as, as being a builder myself at times has got to believe that you're working at the best interest of me, despite whether you think you have better wording on your listings or better pictures or whatever your, your marketing strategy is. I, I still have to believe that you're trying to, to, to maximize my bottom line versus getting yourself a paycheck quickly. Ultimately the trust becomes very, very important. When I send a contractor out to go do a job that I'm not going to see his job throughout the process. Why do we pay more for the trusted contractor? The one that's proved themselves because I just know what the end result's going to be. And so tr trust matters. It does. Cause it comes back to your name, your standard, your bottom line. Right. That no, trust matters. I, I'm just saying that there are scenarios here where people are willing to take a much bigger risk based on a bias of knowing somebody versus mm -hmm. versus the evidence that that's actually the best individual to market that subdivision or those homes. That's all. I mean, you see it over and over again, right? Let's move on, Joe. Forecasting. This is what I'm super interested in. You're a number, you, you're a self-proclaimed. I'm a numbers guy. You're, self, you're, you're a lot of self-proclaimed things. Well, I mean, you know. But among them is numbers. <laughs> Michelle, you should know this. Oh, yeah, I do. Travis, quit talking all that BS. Show me the numbers. You, Travis, Travis, do you even know your numbers? Travis, do you know your numbers? Not really. So, <laughs> so here we are. We're forecasting. We're, we're, we're looking. We're going to start. We're going to start a new podcast, Michelle, which means we're peering into the future. Now, when you listen to Joe, by the way, an interview is two-way here. Let's be, let's be for sure what's happening here, right? It's not just us interviewing you. Oh, it's me getting to know both of you. You need to get to know what's going on here. Absolutely. And part of what's, from your standpoint, what's going on here is determining these two guys, what is their, what is their vision? What is their, what affects their way of thinking? What's their biases, right? So in forecasting, Joe... Mm -hmm. You're looking at, uh, we sit in the middle of the great 2020 pandemic. Man, I just coined that phrase. The great 2020 pandemic. 
gosh. Does that deserve a give, give us Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Welcome to Use That Fox News CNN, the great 2020 pandemic. <laughs> and when we start estimating our next 12 months of business, I'm not going to say what it was, but I walked through the door. You made an immediate, pretty, pretty big suggestion to me uh, without, frankly, showing me any data uh, around it. It was pretty shocking knowing who you are, that suggestion. I'm going to get into There's that. my intuition. <laughs> I mean, definitely level, level, one. level one thinking. <laughs> There's I, some, st- <laughs> I stay at level one quite a bit. <laughs> to be a numbers guy, you're pretty level one centered. Um, when we're forecasting, we're predicting the future. Michelle, when you're signing up for, for a job of some type, uh, you know, what, what methodology do we go to to forecast uh, the, our, our, our future here as business people? So, so we're all sitting in the middle of this. We're all questioning what's going on outside of feeling a certain way and feeling distressed or feeling concerned. What can we actually do to overcome some bias that we have that can help us make decisions? Do I purchase the new equipment? Do I hire the new person? That's what you and I are discussing. What's our level of confidence? Do you want me to bring my financial side in this? Right, let's let's do this real quick. I mean, it sounds like it's going to happen no All matter right. what I say. I'm going to bring level one, level two mixed again. So, I believe that a lot of new business, especially groundbreaking business, is done from intuition, from level one, from you just have an understanding, not from a spreadsheet, not from data, but from it from experience, from, from observation, that there is a, a gap that needs to be filled. And you believe you have the answer to that. I think that's all of us in business who, who, who aspire to create a new business. We don't, we, we don't start with, here's all the data. We start with an idea. We start with, there is a need and I'm, I want to fill the gap of a need. Now I go get the data to, to prove out whether this makes sense. And so I don't want to squash small business people's, you know, create creativity here. Um, you know, Stephen Jobs with Apple had an idea that he thought was plausible. It took some time to develop that out and prove it out, but let's don't squash the creativity around the idea now to execute and start to implement on those ideas. So let me get to a little financial piece here, piece to university a little bit. When all, you have margin, we are we calling out? Um, no, no, no. Okay. When you have margin in your current situation, your ability to experiment around your idea is more broad, right? Because if I want to throw five hundred dollars at a little experiment or a couple thousand dollars in an experiment to to to, to kind of test market some certain things. I'm, I'm okay with doing that. I don't have to create an anchor bias around money or pot commitment I've made around that $2,000 because I have margin and I know that this is part of the process of determining what the right path is to take. And so I believe this is a struggle that a lot of small businesses make as they are so limited with their capital that they, they don't have the the uh, the margin to experiment around some testing to understand maybe what direction they should go all in on, and so so intuition I believe can really can really spark 
the beginning intro into your business concept, but it does take some financial wherewithal and planning to, to allocate your resources in such a way to where you can produce some fruit. And by the way, now you take that $2,000 and that's the only $2,000 you had and you spin it somewhere as a test and it doesn't prove what you want and you've got no more behind that. You know what you're going to do? You're going to, you're going to anchor yourself to believe that maybe this does have some, some fruit. It's going to have to be true. It's going to have to be true because I got no other way to explore other options. So, this to me is the one of the biggest flaws of, of of many small business people is to not start out with enough capital and margin to make good decisions. So there you go. There's my level one and two blended. Forget forecasting predictive. Let's put Michelle on the hot seat here. Michelle, what what would you use to? Uh, we're, so we're talking about an opportunity here, right? Sounds good. I mean, you you you've got kind of got. Uh, Got a little track record, you know, with us. You've got some data here, in other words, right? What do you use to to do go through a decision making process as to whether or not you're even interested in doing this? I use level one and level two. For oh, sure. It starts with intuition. Do you blend them? Are you it, saying you blend them? I do. I think it starts with intuition, and then you add the facts. <sighs> you do. You have to. Please don't give him any room to believe that he's right. Anyway. I think it more comes from if you're going to trust yourself to do something and then you mirror that. Okay? I'm one of these people who believes that whatever I put out is what I'm going to get back. So if I work hard, I'm going to reap what I sow, right? And I'm going to align myself with like-minded individuals. So as I've been hanging out with you guys this afternoon and listening to you go back and forth, it may have looked like I didn't have much to say, but I was absorbing because I need to know and I need to understand if I'm going to fit in or if it's going to be the best thing, not just for me, but but for you as well. Um, and talking about what we've been talking about today and talking about filling that gap, I think it's definitely doable. It's just working together to get there and figuring out what those next steps are. And you have to have intuition. You have to have trust, not just to make to take that step, but to trust each other to be able to do it. Travis, if you ignore, how old are you? 28. 46? Something like that. How old are you? 37. 37. How old are you, Joe? 45. Wow. So if you're, if, 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 you're if an old are, soul, if we are to, are you, are you, have you suggested anywhere in this podcast <laughs> that, we, that we ignore <laughs> probably have your 46 years? <laughs> Michelle's 37 no, no, years no, 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 no. and my 45 years you have, of experience you have in that a, helps to formulate the intuition around when we pull the trigger and when we don't. Here's what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting based on the Harvard study that I have read prior to uh, coming to the podcast today, I'm suggesting that you fall in the category of the average man in terms of... The average man. How you make decisions based on your gut is what you're all talking which, which is very disconcerting to me. One and two. Very disconcerting Have to I me. Not, Michelle. I signed up on the Joe train. If I said one and I signed two. up for level two. I don't need your intuition. What's that intuition song? We, we should have that. Your intuition. Intuition. No, 
it's it's intuition. Is it intuition? That's a jewel song. <laughs> so I'm just saying, so let me, let me give both of you guys some ways of, of uh, that Harvard and I have agreed on. So I'm, <laughs> I'm appreciate you guys agree. I'm going to go with uh, the, the, the Harvard study here that talks about numbers, right? What were last year's numbers when we forecast this year's numbers? I mean, I think you kind of gave a scenario, and, you, and we're talking to you kind of about startup, which is there's no numbers for startup, but is there no numbers? Right. I mean, there's a competitor. So there's some version somewhere that we can get numbers to what we're discussing and talk about. I would say right? data, not all numbers. There's, but data. Well, there's data. I mean, what do other people do in the first year of a new podcast as far as revenue and that kind of stuff? Uh, you can get your hands on that. You podcast version of that. Travis, what data did you use to, to, to think that we we're going to have probably. millions of folks on this podcast to... to Probably, to give our hours away. It's likely from Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joe, I read a lot from Harvard. <laughs> I like that head nod, too. Yes, it's Harvard. It's Harvard. Harvard. Harvard nod. I would say some of the other things, um, you know, what's changing? What has changed to make me think this is true? Has something changed? And I'm going to go, you know, let's talk about... Uh, an existing business for folks that are listening that have numbers, they, they have business, they have history from why they've been in business 10 years and they're forecasting the next year. All right. So maybe that's more of the scenario I want to discuss because there really are two versions to that. There is intuition about what's happening in the world. This is new. Uh, what's going on environmentally. There's definitely a gut feeling that's going on, but there's also what have I done in the previous environment? There's real stuff to look to. And so all I'm, challenging and saying is the to me the big question is what is changing and how do I quantify that right am I investing in new marketing am I creating something new am I bringing a new product line out what's changing you are going to have to use your level two thinking there I mean you will you do would have to put I mean, you can't ever put intuition aside though I at least I can't but level two thinking definitely has to come into play because you have to have all the facts. You have to begin with the end in mind and know where you're going before you start down that path. And so in order to do that, you have to arm yourself with everything that you need to know, period. You just have to. I mean, you can take a leap of faith based on intuition and it can work out. But like he said, I think intuition is also surrounded by your own data your experience yeah it, it, I, and what you know i think where level two and level one blend is level two is where you start yeah um we talked about yesterday with uh, if you're gonna flip a house i, I don't want to get into the emotion of someone who's trying to sell me on whether a house is a good flip deal i really don't care about the emotion give me what the house is going to sell for at retail value all fixed up give me the rehab numbers and give me um, you know, and therefore back down to what we can pay for the, for the house, period. That's the numbers. Now, where will I modify my numbers in that scenario? Where, where will I pull back and say, you know what? I'm willing to give a little more and take less margin. Where? That's where level one begins to come in, which is, okay, I don't have any data that tells me that this floor plan or this house just has some characteristics that are just, they're just better than the normal. I don't have any data that suggests this. I have a lot of experiential um, understanding around real estate that tells me this 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 home has a, a better yard than I'm used to. It's got it's just got more wins for it. And so I'm gonna take 
I'm going to pay a little more for it because my risk tolerance has gone down because of the, of, of the, of the, of the, I don't know, not data, but just, I like this house. And if I don't, if I don't, if I'm going into operating as a real estate investor and I don't have the experience to have proper intuition around some things, I could be fooling myself. So it is experience over a long period of time, the wins, the losses that begins to shape our intuition. Well, and we can't pretend that acquiring data is, is free. I mean, this comes at a cost. And when you're talking to small business folks, it's, it's, sometimes it's not a matter of whether or not is are there hard numbers that can help me with the decision. Can I afford to reach those hard numbers that can help me with the but decision? We talked about it yesterday too. It's it's, it's uh, uh, oftentimes audience the the podcast, the real podcast was before and after the podcast. Yes. And when we get bold enough and confident enough to give the real podcast, we will. But uh, uh, we were talking yesterday about. Um, that specifically where um, I lost my train. Well, we were talking about um, decisions that are made around flipping a house and re and doing a major rehab. All the decisions, for example, taking out a wall or building an extra room or whatever. These aren't what paint color decisions. These are the decisions that are going to affect whether or not you're going to win, whether or not you're going to lose money or make money. How do you make them? And they're right in the middle of what we're talking about. They're either driven by data, which you can access and go, okay, well, look, four-bedroom homes in this neighborhood yield this, and we should go ahead and do that. Or, you know, it's driven by intuition. It's driven by, man, my gut tells me this is true or this is not true. That's what we were discussing and, and how to quantify that. Well, it's hard to quantify. That's the yeah. tough thing about real estate. I mean, we, we can put a dollars per square foot on a house, but how do you put a dollar on that this floor plan just works and that more people are going to like this floor plan. It didn't change the square footage. It doesn't change the quality of the finish. It doesn't change the neighborhood. But this home has a, I like this home. Well, that's the problem, is what happened two neighborhoods down the street may not be relevant to this neighborhood, right? So, but, but you're by because you made money on that one. You kind of want to make it relevant. So you want to go back to your your realtor or real estate agent that uh, that you really can depend on. It's the one that's 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 capable of of of, of really blending their experiential intuition with the numbers. I cannot stand to see a CMA, a comparable report, where what is solely based on is in a one mile parameter. Here are the houses. Here's the square footage. Here it is. Oh, but but that but my house has a sloping backyard that you can't even throw a football in, and that house has a gorgeous backyard. What are you talking about? Like, you can't not factor this stuff in. And in real estate, there is a lot of... Appraisals are listen, a really good example of this because that appraiser is tasked with putting data together numbers. But what he don't do is the emotional weight, part. Weighted averages, but he doesn't do the emotional He doesn't do the emotional part. Yeah. The, 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 the mom walks in and goes, look at this kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's the same square footage. It's the same neighborhood. It's got the same yard. But the, I can cook Thanksgiving dinner in this kitchen. And if I can get nine out of ten moms to do that, 
and the house next door had two out of my ten. Or dads, of course. Oh, dads. Then, then I then I create a win there, and so yeah, I, that's why I want to be careful from the start of, from the the onset of your podcast uh, announcement here that if you remove, especially in real estate. Mm. The emotions, the the, the emotions the that your buyer is going to have when they walk through that door. If you think that's not important, you will have missed the boat. So what I want all real estate agents to hear is there's no reason to do any more market analysis. It's all how you feel from Joe Watkins. And hey, that's it, Joe. We've run out of time for today, but I appreciate your thoughts, Michelle. I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you interviewing. Me. By Absolutely. the way, uh, th- that's true. Any, any final thoughts, Joe? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do want to say this at the very <laughs> end. Sorry, Joe, I can't hear you anymore. <laughs> Can I say this? Can I say that you never introduced us? Can you do that? I'm sorry, is my mic on? Your mic's I on. I did introduce you. In the very beginning. This is Joe Watkins. It's Travis Castle. Joe Watkins, Travis Castle. And this is the big trees of small business. We're signing off. We got the truth, we got the truth, we got the truth, a small business. We got the truth, we got the truth, we got the big truth. Here we go. Small business, sponsored by Yes I Rent, Yes I Rent, Yes I Rent, Property Management. Place good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truth, we got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truth. A small business sponsored by SI Rent. We are signing off. Thanks, guys, for listening.